Thanks for listening to The Red Tree House, where I tell scary stories to keep you up at night. You can listen to The Red Tree House on your favorite streaming platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to follow, like, and subscribe. Oh, and leave a five-star review. You can follow The Red Tree House on social media, on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and X at Red Tree House Pod. And if you have a scary story or topic you'd like me to feature on an upcoming episode, email redtreehousepod at gmail.com. Important note, sources for this episode can be found in the show notes. I'm sure you know by now that I love horror movies. Almost without fail, there's a scene in the third act of most horror movies where the protagonist preps for a final showdown with the villain or monster. Vampire movies especially come to mind, and you know it well. The main character buys a truckload of garlic, hews handmade wooden stakes out of 2x4s, buys the biggest crucifix or rosary they can find, and maybe even steals some holy water. Then, they wait until nightfall. These scenes are some of the most entertaining. And as a kid, I often thought about what I'd do if I were in this situation. Thankfully, I've never had to do this. After all, this stuff is make-believe. But what if it isn't? Imagine for a second you meet up with someone who shares a mutual interest in a unique hobby. Thinking you were the only person who enjoyed this very particular activity, you're elated to find someone else who does as well. The meeting goes great. You're enjoying the conversation, and it seems to flow naturally. But then, things take a turn for the dark and ominous when you spurn their advances to go back to your apartment. In a nutshell, this is the story of Christopher Case, a man in his mid-30s who experienced terrifying paranormal phenomena after meeting up with someone who appeared to share the same obscure interest. Over the course of a week, Christopher Case went from a carefree, fun-loving guy to a paranoid, terrified victim. Truly, his story is the stuff of nightmares. In this episode of The Red Tree House, we're going to explore the terrifying story of Christopher Case, whose life was forever changed over the course of a few days. What happened to Christopher Case? And was his experience natural or supernatural? Normal or paranormal? I'll tell the story. You decide for yourself. I'm your host, Will. Welcome to the Red Tree House.
1991, Christopher Case was a popular and well-liked 35-year-old music executive for Muzak Holdings, a company, quote, producing the soft music heard in elevators and waiting rooms all over the world, end quote. He grew up in Richmond, Virginia, and in the years prior to taking on the role at Muzak Holdings, Christopher worked as a small-town radio DJ in Raleigh, North Carolina. After taking the job as a music executive, Christopher moved his entire life to Seattle, Washington, where by all accounts, he excelled in his new role. Christopher was known as a well-rounded individual, driven, hardworking, and friendly. He was devoted to maintaining his physical fitness, taking daily supplements, and working out regularly. He also had a few well-known quirks. He was a loner, who despite having caught the eye and attention of potential female suitors, had been single for many years. Christopher also loved music, and more specifically, ancient music. I could not find more specific information regarding ancient music, but one article stated that Christopher loved, quote, compositions of the ancient world, end quote. He enjoyed listening to his favorite music, and it appears that he was a quiet man who was as likely to enjoy the company of his favorite musical artists as he was his close friends. On April 11, 1991, Christopher took a business trip to San Francisco, California, where he met with other music executives. The details about this next part are near impossible to find. But sometime during his trip, he was introduced to a woman who, like Christopher, had a passion for ancient music. One article stated, quote, he had been introduced to an older, unnamed woman who shared his passion for music of the ancient world, particularly that of Egypt and other Mediterranean civilizations." End quote. As the conversation progressed, the woman expressed her desire, more than once, for Christopher to take her home. Though he enjoyed the interaction, Christopher politely declined these requests as the woman was at least 20 years his senior. What started as a pleasant conversation between two people sharing an obscure mutual interest quickly turned dark and ominous. The woman, upset by his rejection, told Christopher that he would be sorry. She told him she was a witch, had put a curse on him, and that within a week, he would be dead. Unfazed by this, Christopher and the woman went their separate ways, and he traveled back to Seattle without giving her statements a second thought. When he arrived at home, he called his closest friends, including Sammy Souter, and told them of the strange interaction. They too brushed it off. A few days went by uneventfully, and Christopher seemed to forget all about the woman and her curse. Then, on the morning of April 14, 1991, Christopher called Sammy Souter. He was panicked and out of breath. After calming down, he told her what happened the night before. 
he'd been kept awake most of the night by, quote, whispering voices, end quote. Christopher was certain they were coming from inside his house, and though he checked each of the rooms, he was unable to determine the source. Christopher also reported seeing, quote, shadows moving around his apartment, end quote. This was odd, because Christopher lived alone. And finally, he explained that he had an overwhelming feeling that he was being watched by someone or something all night long. A few days later, on April 16th, Christopher called Sammy again. This time, he explained the terrifying experience from a few hours earlier. Christopher said he'd been attacked the night before. He woke up in the middle of the night, paralyzed, and pushed into the mattress. He felt pressure on his chest and a tightening around his throat. And when he opened his eyes to see his attacker, there was no one there, just the pitch blackness of the room around him. The attack grew more forceful and violent as the invisible attacker lifted him off the mattress and let his body hang mid-air for several seconds, before slamming him down on the bed, rendering him unconscious. Later that morning, before calling Sammy, Christopher noticed his bedsheets were covered in dark pools of blood, and after trying to determine the location of the wound, discovered cuts on the ends of each of his fingers. Now frantic and thoroughly scared, Christopher visited a local Christian bookstore, Evangel Incorporated, where manager Rodney Higuchi recommended various books on spiritual warfare, witchcraft, and the occult. During his first visit, the store manager noted Christopher's calm but determined demeanor as he purchased candles, crucifixes, and books. By that afternoon, Christopher had begun his preparation to fight whatever entity was attacking him. He placed crucifixes in various rooms of the house. He poured salt lines in the threshold of the house and in various rooms. And he read through the books and scribbled detailed notes on waging spiritual warfare. By now, Christopher was obsessed with and terrified of the violent entity that was visiting each night. We don't know much about what happened on the night of April 16th into the morning of April 17th, but we do know Christopher was so scared by what he encountered that he left his home and checked into a hotel. The morning of April 17th, after leaving the hotel, Christopher went to a local Catholic church where he met briefly with Father James Malahan who expressed concern for Christopher's well-being. Christopher explained that he was being attacked by something evil and that he was terrified it was going to kill him. Christopher also returned to the Evangel Incorporated bookstore. During this second visit, Rodney Higuchi noticed that Christopher was more frantic and visibly shaken. Then he found out the reason. Christopher reported he was being attacked by a paranormal entity, and he needed help now. 
On that same morning of April 17th, Sammy attempted to contact Christopher, but could not reach him as he had not gotten back home from the hotel stay. Concerned, she contacted the local police department and asked them to do a welfare check. Upon arriving at Christopher's home, the police found the front door locked and, without a warrant or cause to enter the home, they left and contacted Sammy to let her know. Panic started to build as she was forced to wait to hear from Christopher directly. Later that night, she found a message from Christopher on her answering machine. What you're about to hear is the actual audio of the voicemail Christopher Case left for Sammy Souter. The audio states, quote, Hi Sammy, this is Christopher. Well, they just about got me, you know. They're trying to, they are. They are trying to kill me. So whatever it is I do to save myself doesn't work anymore. That's what it's coming down to. I'm not looking forward to tonight. It's, it's serious. It's very serious. It's my life. End quote. A quick thank you to the guys at That Chapter Podcast for use of the audio. Sammy noted the calmness in Christopher's voice, as the panic was replaced with a calm resignation, almost like he'd accepted his fate and knew what was in store. This would be the last time anyone would ever hear from Christopher again. The next morning, After not hearing from Christopher, Sammy once again reached out to the police department and asked them to do a welfare check at his home. This time, she explained that Christopher was afraid someone was out to kill him and told them about the witch's curse from the week before. The officers went back to Christopher Case's home and what they found was straight out of a horror movie. When they entered Christopher's apartment, their senses were immediately bombarded. They observed lines of salt along the threshold and every wall of the house, with small pillars in each corner. They smelled burned down candles, as Christopher had placed nearly a dozen of them throughout the house. They noticed crucifixes and rosaries scattered throughout the house as well, and they heard the eerie sound of music. But not just one type of music. Christopher had turned on several different types of religious music at the same time. As officers attempted to make sense of the confusing scene, they made their way through each room of the apartment. The sounds of Gregorian chants and various other religious music providing the soundtrack. Eventually, they came to the bathroom door, which had an eerie light escaping from the bottom. They pushed it open, and there, 
they found Christopher Case, fully clothed in his bathtub, knees pressed to his chest, and his head leaning against the wall. He was dead. Speculation about Christopher's cause of death began almost immediately. Shortly after his death, the coroner ruled Christopher Case died of acute myocarditis, quote, an inflammation of the heart muscle caused by viral infections, certain drugs, some autoimmune diseases, and rarely, vaccines, end quote. Symptoms of acute myocarditis include chest pain, shortness of breath, heart palpitations, and in rare instances, fainting. It seems the coroner determined Christopher Case's heart simply stopped beating. Some were skeptical of the coroner's ruling, as Christopher was a young, healthy man who was in peak physical shape. While we know acute myocarditis does happen, there are those who believe Christopher's cause of death was more malevolent. It's important to note that Christopher was not a religious person, and so it was out of the ordinary for him to seek help from a religious bookstore and to visit a Catholic church. More than anything, it seemed Christopher was in a state of desperation as he sought help and relief from whatever entities were attacking him. Christopher's friends, including Sammy Souter, described him as rational and not prone to exaggeration or hysteria. It's undeniable, though, that something scared Christopher to the point of despair. Was he experiencing sleep paralysis or night terrors? It is possible there was a normal rather than paranormal explanation for his experiences. Unfortunately, we may never know. I'll admit, this one stumps me. The skeptic in me thinks this was a wild coincidence, that Christopher's death occurring within the weak time frame of the witch's curse was a scary fluke. The coroner's ruling, though rare, is not unheard of. But the believer in me thinks this was the result of the witch's curse, a real-life tragic outworking of the phrase, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. It is possible, however unprovable, that Christopher Case's death was the result of a supernatural attack, one that may have literally scared him to death. But what do you think? What happened to Christopher Case? Were his terrifying experiences and subsequent death normal or paranormal, natural or supernatural? I've shared the story. Now you decide for yourself. I'm your host, Will. Thanks for joining me in the Red Treehouse.